Welcome everybody to Bridging the Gap as we uh, sit here in this episode. I hope you've enjoyed the last couple of weeks and uh, this week you're in for a treat. Today we have Pastor Leah Britton. Some know her as Miss Leah. If you uh, teach her, she's a teacher over at Longfellow Elementary. And so it is my honor. This is a woman of God who, you know, I was just thinking about this the other day, Leah. There was a I was looking through some old stuff and she had preached, you had preached your very first message of destiny in 2015. It don't even seem like it's been that long, but if you've never heard this woman of God preach, she carries a dynamic anointing. And so the perfect person I have today for us uh, is, is Miss Leah. And she is, we're going to talk about prayer, the importance of prayer. This is going to be a two session uh, segment and episode. So we have a lot of stuff here for you today. So before we get started, Leah, tell us a little bit about who you are and your background. Okay. Well, hi, everybody. I'm Leah Marie Britton. I'm originally from Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, I came to Muncie, Indiana in 1999. And that's really hard for me to believe that I've been here that long. But I came here to attend Ball State University as a college student when I was 19. Mm-hmm. I actually kind of went left and went to another university first and really, really felt the Lord um, leading me to shut down that at minute, I mean, that school and come further north. So I landed in Muncie and I uh, met up with some friends that I had met at church camp years ago and started going to church and then ended up graduating here and really felt the Lord leading me to kind of stick around and stay in Muncie. So this is where I've been ever since. But I'm originally from Indianapolis, grew up in a Christian home there with both my parents and four other siblings. So been hearing about God my entire life. Hmm. So Big family. I'm with you on there. I'm I'm the youngest of four. So it's always great to have a, a you know, a lot of family, a lot of siblings. It's, you know, those are your best friends. Those are your ride or dies, so to yes, speak. Yes, yes. So you, you, you got to have them for the rest of your life. So, yep. Well, today we're going to talk about the importance of prayer, Leah, but I just want to ask, talk to you a little bit about it, even some personal stuff. So knowing that your story, and maybe you can share some with them, but me and you both have a similar background growing up in a spiritual type of home. And what kind of impact do you think that has left on you? Um, It has actually guided and molded my entire life. I think um, my mother back in the day was one of those moms that after you had a baby, you stayed in the house for six weeks. You didn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. So her first outing after those six weeks was straight to church. Mm -hmm. And I've been there ever since. Um, My mom tells me that she was a lot like Moses's mother and knew that there was something special about me, not to discount any of my other siblings Mm -hmm. because there's something special about them as well. But she recognized what was on each of us and started trying to mold us in that area, not just her, but my dad as well. And the first thing she noticed that I was drawn to was music. So I would always go with her to choir practice. She was our choir director and one of the ladies that kind of held up or headed up the choir. And so I was always there for choir practice, always there for the musical part. Mm -hmm. So that was like my first love and my first introduction into ministry was through the music. That's interesting. It's similar background there as well. And I was sitting there thinking some of the legacies that was left on me. Uh, there was times that when I was, you, you mentioned you went left, but there was times that I wasn't living right. And uh, go, But growing up in a home of a father who was a, a Pentecostal preacher, pastor for a season, and there was, there was things that my father had left upon me. And I know you probably can share the same stuff that my father, when my brother had left, 
for the last time out of our house, my father had turned his room into his prayer room closet, which was happened to be beside my room. And I remember there was times that I would come home late at night and, you know, probably into some stuff that I probably shouldn't have been into. And but I would go up there and I'd hear mumbling and mm-hmm. going in. And I'd open my, my dad's door yeah. and he'd be praying in the spirit just for. Yeah. And, I, and I'd say, hey, dad, I'm, so, I'm just now home. And he goes, hey, you know just let me be, you know, and just praying in the Holy Ghost. And so things that I remember as a young man growing up, that the importance of prayer in my own dad's life showed that the impact, I mean, it had such an impact on me because there was times, and, and I've shared this with a few people, there was a few times in my life where I was going down the wrong road. And I remember I'd hear my dad while I was in bed, him saying my name out loud. Mm -hmm. And so right there, I began to understand the power of prayer. So I would feel conviction, Mm -hmm. you know, knowing that my father is interceding on the behalf for my behalf. So, Mm -hmm. you know, can you, can you relate to a story? Ours was more of a a family event. Um, I think as soon as we learned to read, we all got Bibles and we had family devotional time. And I remember we would get called to our parents' room or in the living room and we would sit there and my parents would pull out a passage Mm -hmm. and they would read it. And I remember the scripture, remember now the days thy remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. And my dad went through and broke down all of those scriptures. And then we would have prayer time. And I remember thinking, you know, and listening to them pray. And I was trying to keep up, but you know, as a little kid, it's like, thank you for my house. Thank yeah. you for my bed. Thank you for my toys. food, <laughs> toys. And then you're like done after like 30 right. seconds and they're going on and my mom is speaking in tongues and my dad is, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And, yeah. and then you're like on the side of the bed, like, Ugh. you know, <laughs> just can this be over? But that was my first memory of yeah. prayer in our house. And then it, conclu- I mean, it, it carried on every day, not just from devotional time, mm-hmm. but when we got up to leave for school, in the morning, we had family circle prayer. We were the only kids that went to school with oil, anointing oil on our forehead. Our wow. parents anointed us every single morning. Every morning we prayed, and every morning we had to read a scripture mm. on our way out the door. So prayer and um, Bible reading was a very big part of our of growing up wow. for us. Well, Pastor Leah, we know that you have a calling of God over your life to minister the gospel through your praise and worship, as you mentioned earlier. But you also have a calling by God to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ as well. Tell our viewers that are listening and watching even right now, how did that all transpire for you personally? How did that all come to pass? For me, that happened. um, I didn't necessarily want to be called to preach. Mm -hmm. I love to sing. I Mm -hmm. wanted to, I would pray, Lord, please let me sound like Karen Clark. Please let me sound like whoever the biggest gospel person was. I really just wanted to be a singer. And, um, but I was always drawn to the Word of God. I loved it. I remember when I started reading through the Bible is I would lay on my grandmother's lap during Bible class. And I she let me lay on her lap, and I started in the book of Genesis. And I remember reading from the first book of Genesis and going all the way through the chapters that led the children of Israel into captivity. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's how they got there. That's how the Red Sea thing happened. Mm -hmm. They all got there because of Joseph. And I remember making those connections even Mm -hmm. as a child. And so I've always been into history. I've always loved time period things. So it just kind of grabbed my attention. And um, so I started digging more and more into the Word of God and just kind of having my own devotional time and that kind of thing, and just listening and reading the scripture for myself. And then 
one day I was, well, I was probably about 12 years old. And you'll probably hear me say this a lot. Um, I'm a dreamer and I've been a dreamer my entire life. I never knew in the beginning that God was speaking to me, but I learned very quickly around the age of 12 that that was the voice of God. And um, I was about 12 going into the eighth grade. I remember to this day the thing that I wore, the outfit that I wore to school that day because everything about that day was impressed upon my heart. But I dreamt that I was standing in our church and I was preaching a message wow. and the anointing was so heavy in the service that I literally woke up and I normally don't sleep on my back, but I was on my back face up and I could feel tears just streaming mm -hmm. down my face. And I remember speaking in tongues at 12 years old and praising God. And I sat up in the bed and I thought, oh my gosh, what is that? And my mom was getting ready for work. And I said, mom, I think I've been called to preach. And she said, hmm. And that was it. And <laughs> I just kind of tabled that for years. And because I dove more into singing, I got into more singing groups. I started traveling with youth choirs. I was in worship wow. teams. I started doing the, the music thing. And I just sure. thought that's what I was going to do. I mean, I got a prophecy from somebody that how God was going to open up doors and you're going to go nationwide. And I'm thinking, yes, I'm going to be a background singer for Fred Hammond or somebody. <laughs> and, right. you know, I'm really excited about this. And so I had kind of put the preaching thing on the back okay. shelf. It was 12 when I had that dream. And so you know, by now I'm like in my 20s, I'm getting through college and I'm, I'm establishing myself as a teacher. So I'm not really thinking about preaching until your sister came on the scene. Okay. And we went to youth camp. And when youth camp was over, she called me and said, I do a women's conference every November. Mm -hmm. Would you be willing to be a part? And I said, oh, absolutely. You know, what do you want me to sing? I can bring some people from our church. And she's like, no, the Lord told me you had something to say. I said, no, he didn't. <laughs> and she said, yes, he did. And I said, well, you need to let me pray about that, which is the Christian way of saying sure. no. no. <laughs> and so she was so she just got really quiet. And then like after like 30 or 40 seconds, I said, hello, are you still there? She's like, I was just waiting to hear what God said to you. And I, she's like, I don't believe it takes him that long to answer. And I felt something in my wow. heart just kind of prick. And I was like, OK, I'll do it. And that was the first time I ever stood up and spoke and to culminate all of that, when I got home from the conference that day, I looked at myself in the mirror in the dream that I had when I was 12. I stood in the pulpit of our church with a purple dress on, declaring the word of God. And when I had done this conference, I was supposed to be in a back room, mm -hmm. but they said, we want you to stand in the pulpit. And I had worn a purple dress. Oh, wow. And so the Lord said, this is that that I've spoken of. Wow. And so that happened at, when I was 30. So between the ages of 12 and 30. Wow. It's a long time. Something? It's a long time. Wow. I'll tell you, I mean, I think I've, I've heard parts of that story, but I never heard the part about my sister, Sonia. Oh, yeah, Sonia. She's a catalyst. It was her. Wow. Sonia, if you're watching this, hey, there you go. Thank you for being obedient. Destiny appreciates your obedience, Sonia. <laughs> but yes. Yep. Well, thinking about this as well, I mean, we can we can talk about this for a while, but you know, growing up as a Christian, growing up in a in a family that was holy and growing up in a family that church was priority over everything. Everything. Uh, did you ever feel the pressure to be that super Christian, so to speak? And if you did, how did you surpass that mindset? <laughs> like I told you earlier, I don't think I've, I have. So yes, I did feel pressure and I still do feel pressure. And I'm 40 years old now, but I grew up in a Christian home and all of my friends were Christians and they came from 
great Christian homes as well, but there was something about me and it seemed like everybody recognized it. Everybody recognized it, but me. And so I would hear my friends make discussions and say, you know, my mom said, if you could just be like Leah, you see how she goes to Sunday school and she sings in the choir and she does this and she does that. And um, they were like, you like communion, don't you? You love to do foot washing, (laughs) don't you? You know, all the things that we thought were kind of grody and just kind of mundane. They were like, you love it because you're holy, holy. And I remember them telling me that I was holy, holy. And I remember crying, thinking, I do not want to be this way. I want to just fit in with everybody Mm -hmm. else. I just want to be normal. And... um, I was telling you that I heard a, a message by Jackie McCullough, and she was talking about that kind of thing happening to her and how the Lord spoke to her, that her friends may go, but you have to stay because there's something about you that I'm going to work out in this situation. And I remember hearing that later on. It was weird because I had a, a woman in my life who was a mentor to me at that time, Tanya Harris, who was over our youth choir. Mm-hmm. And she heard me talking with my friends and trying to come down to where they are, come down kind of sounds condescending, but trying to fit in to where they were. And she pulled me to the side and she said those exact words. They may do that, but you cannot. Mm. There's something about you where they can do that, but you cannot. And from that moment on, it's just something about me that was set apart. And so, yes, I do feel pressure and I still do. I, I, I can relate with this. And uh, growing up, my father was that, what we would call mm-hmm. the holy of holies people. Mm-hmm. And he would he would pray more than he would con- converse with other people. Yes. And so it, he was just that guy. And so people said, you know, man, if you're, you, you'd be like your dad. Well, I knew I was always going to fall short. Right. Well, what got me, Lee, and I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, what got to me for over my years was I would talk with people and I would watch people in church. My father was a pastor and I'd watch how people would destroy him. Just backbite, tail bear, just run their mouth about the man of God who I looked at as holier than thou. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I would sit there and wonder to myself, how dare them say what they're saying about him? So I felt the pressure that if that is being a Christian, I don't want to be that. like right. them. My dad exactly. is holier than in what my eyes at that time, because again, I saw him at home. He worked 12 hours a day and would be a great father, a great husband, but yet he would spend hours up there with his, mm-hmm. with his, with his, in the presence of the Lord. And so I said, if they're dogging my father, who I consider is as legit as you can get, then I don't want to be like them. And so I'll never forget this. I I'd prayed about this. This is around 20-ish year old, right? When I just turned 20, I think. And and I started praying like, God, I don't want I'm Christian. I, you love, I love you. Mm-hmm. You love me, but I don't want to be like your people because right. I hate your people, mm-hmm. to be honest. And, uh, and I'll never forget what the Lord said to me. He says, I've not called you to worship man. I've called you to worship me. Wow. Man will fail you. Yes. I will never yes. fail you. And it messed me up. And so therefore, I said, Lord, this is the level that you want me to be on. I'm not going to allow people to overtake mm-hmm. my views or vision. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is this yep. is yeah, great stuff. Yep. Hey, I believe God has equipped us all to pray. But there are some people that are anointed to pray. And you definitely are in that category of the anointed to pray. When did you realize that there was a rubbing, so to speak, on your life in this particular area? I know you mentioned you started dreaming, but did when did you realize that I'm anointed to do this? I didn't know. 
I didn't know that I was anointed to pray actually until after Destiny Christian Center had started. I thought everybody prayed. I mm -hmm. mean, that was something we were all taught was that saints pray. Right. And so I thought everybody prayed and I thought all prayer was the same and that it all had the same effect. Um, so I didn't actually know that there was an anointing to pray. And I was, I had, until I had graduated from college and, um, Destiny had not quite started yet. However, I was already attending prayer meetings with some of mm -hmm. the people that were our members now at our church. And I, again, the Lord visited me in a dream. Mm -hmm. And in the dream, I had come home or actually gone to my grandmother's house where my dad was waiting for me. And whenever I dream about my dad, it's never my physical right. father. Mm -hmm. It's always a represent representation of, of Christ or God. And... um I had just taken off my shoes and I was just going to relax and just have a relaxing evening. And my father walks around the corner. And he said, you have to get up now and go to Zion. And Zion is the name of, of, our, of our church. Okay. And, um, and I said, oh, I have to go to Zion. And he was like, right now, right now. And he said, put your shoes on and get up and go now. And it was very forceful. If you know my dad in real life, he's not like that. So I knew this was not my father. This was a type of father, right. meaning Father God. And I put on my shoes and I got in my car and it was me and my siblings and four other young people from our church. And we went to Zion. And when I got there, I felt an anointing of God that I had never felt before. Mm -hmm. It was literally a tangible heat. Oh, wow. And it was a light that was so bright that seems like it would burn your retina or something that you right. can't look into, but you could look into. And I saw the saints wall to wall on their knees. There were some praying at the altar. There was some in the choir stand. There was some lying out in the aisles. There was some walking, but amongst the humans were also angels. Wow. And they were walking around, bending down, listening to the prayers of the saints. And they were picking them up and then leaving. And then all of a sudden this glory mist just lifted and everybody, it, it was over. Mm. And um, before I had left the house, my dad had handed me a book and it said prayer manual. And he was like, be sure you read this because you will be tested in these areas. And so when the prayer meeting was over, my father, who in real life is an usher and always stood on the mm -hmm. same door, was standing on the door that he normally stood at. And we went to leave. And he says, now, do you have your book? I said, yes. He said, do you have your word? I said, yes. He said, meet me. This is funny. At Ryan's buffet. Ryan, remember oh Ryan's gosh, buffet. He right. said, I've prepared a table for you come sit down and let's discuss what you have learned. Wow. And when I got to Ryan's, there was a table probably as large as this one yeah. with food everywhere. And all of us, all of my siblings, plus the four young people from the other church were there and we sat down. He said, now let's talk. And the dream was over. Mm -hmm. And from that moment on, the Lord began to strategically teach me how to pray. So it's not just wow. prayers of petition. I learned about prayers of declaration. I learned about prayers of contrition, travailing prayers. I learned about prayers that come through your tears. I mean, he just began to teach me through different people, through right. different books, through different shows. The manual that he gave me, he was letting me know, I'm getting ready to teach you about the art of prayer and that this is what you're going to have to do. This is what you're called to do. And so um, I began to think, where did this come from? Like, where did this mantle yeah. come from? And I really believe that it came from my grandmother on my dad's side of the family. Um, she was a super quiet woman, but she could pray. Mm -hmm. And I remember we didn't spend a night as much over her house as we did as my maternal grandmother. But I do remember those prayer meetings. I woke up one morning on her couch and I could hear her 
in her bedroom praying. And when she passed away, they found boxes of prayers that she mm-hmm. had written, things that she had written down. And so I believe that mantle came to me wow. via her because God doesn't just let mantles fall and just be no, nothing right. over the, you know, so he passes them on. And so I believe I got that wow. from her. You know, I don't know if you're, if you're watching this now, I mean, if you're not feeling inspired by, I, I've always said this to you that I'm envious, godly envious uh, of how you, how God speaks to you through dreams. Uh, I'm a seer. We talk about this. Sometimes I'll see things that I, you know, I don't physically see them in the natural, but I'll see them almost as I'm daydreaming and God is showing me certain things. And, and so I pick up on them, but I was always told everybody, I said, I'm, I'm envious of Leah's, the anointing that's on her life, how you can just dream every night. It seems like I remember you, you share, I think I asked you, I said, well, how often do you dream? Like once a week, you know, like sometimes every night. You said, I was like, what? Those seasons. <laughs> what is this? So, I mean, maybe this is a word of, a word for you. I, I really feel like maybe this season that you're going into is you've got so much stuff. Just listen to that story. I've never heard that part or that dream or even how this was, how God was showing you the calling. You need to start writing down all your dreams and you need to make some kind of small book if you have to say the book of dreams. And I'm telling you, I'm inspired every time I listen to a dream. It's like, sometimes I start questioning, you know, if you've ever heard one of Leah's dreams, you may have thought the same thing. Like, there's no way that God was that in depth. But hearing you always get chills by it. And so I know how God does speak. And I've had dreams, just handfuls. So I know how vivid they could be. I was sharing with Pastor Daniel today, one of my dreams that I, that changed my life forever. So I just thought to myself, I wish I can have dreams like you. So, you know, maybe you need to. Well, we'll pray to stir it up because this is a season for it. I think that um, the way God is moving in the earth now, yeah. it's more of one that we're not going to see droves of people mm-hmm. at the altar anymore. Yeah. I think that God is going to speak through words of knowledge, sure. words of wisdom, words of understanding. Yeah. Um, and just begin to show you what it is that you need to do. He might show you walking through the grocery store and the person in the red sweatshirt, and boom, it happens the next day. I've had dreams like that before. Mm. It's the Lord speaking to you saying, this is what's going to happen, and you need to be prepared for it. And I believe that's the season that we're going into because people aren't going to be at droves at the altar tearing like we did old school. They're not going to be falling all out. It's going to be everyday occurrences at the gas station, on your job, your next door neighbor, all of those things. And so God is going to begin to speak to his people. And I think through dreams, because he said Mm -hmm. in the last day, he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh and your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. visions. And it's not just for men. That is a universal word for men and women. And I don't think it's anything limiting to older people dreaming dreams and younger people seeing vision. I think it's going to be cross-pollinated. But I think in this last day, that is how God is going to begin to speak to people. And so that is something that needs to be stirred up in the body of Christ, period, um, all across the board, because God is going to begin to speak that way. And I believe he's going to begin to lead people into our lives through those um, avenues and through those things so that you recognize that it is him. I mean, how much more? I mean, I've had dreams about people and literally they show up the next day with the same outfit on. They say the exact same words and it's the spirit of the Lord saying, okay, now you need to attack that. I've already shown you in the dream what's going on and what you need to do. And so that is something that needs to be stirred up. And it's not just for special people or people who have pulpit ministries. It is for the everyday believer. 
Amen. Everyday believer. It's not just me. It's anybody who calls That's on the right. name of the Lord. Amen. So, well, I'm next. Our next episode, we're going to really dig into some some spiritual mindsets. We're going to dig into the importance of prayer, which is the title of this episode. But you know, no, some people may not know, but you've been heading up our intercessors prayer team for a while now. How many years have you been doing that? Well, kind of off and on, um, probably for the last three or four years, okay. maybe. I was trying to think of that today, and I just I was sitting there thinking, how long has it been? It's been a, so. a while. Well, here's what we want to say to you. We're going to close out this episode, and next week, I'm telling you, you, you want to be in tune for this because we're going to dig in, and I'm already you know, filling, filling some stuff right now, and uh, so I'm, I'm kind of anticipating what God is about to release in just uh, moments from now on our next episode. So uh, we're just going to dismiss in prayer. We want to pray a blessing over everyone here. So, uh, Leah, if you would lead us in Absolutely. prayer and pray for somebody who may be watching that feels the calling, so to speak, as you did, and may not know what to do with it, pray a blessing over them. So, Father God, we just thank you today. We thank you for the privilege of prayer. It is a privilege to enter into your courts and into your gates, to just kneel at your feet, Lord. Lord, just to have communication with the God of the universe, Mm -hmm. to know that that veil has been torn and that we're no longer limited, that any of us that wants access to the King of glory can have it. So, Father, I pray right now a special anointing over all those who will listen, who all those who will see, that the Spirit of the Lord would visit them today. That you would stir up in their heart, Lord God, the thing that you have called them to do, even as we say in the scriptures, stir up the gift, stir up the gift. And Lord God, you said you would pour out your spirit on all flesh. So anyone who has flesh and that is breathing is eligible to dream and to have visions and to hear from you. So Father, take out the dull ears and sharpen our sense of hearing. Lord, cause our eyes to see what we've never seen before. Lord God, let our spirits be more perceptive. We give you praise and we thank you in advance that you're going to open up this doorway and we're going to hear about it, we're going to see about it, and we're going to see the fruit of it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, God bless you. We thank you for joining us. Again, stay tuned next week as we go into session number part two, basically, of the importance of prayer. God bless. This is Bridging the Gap. 